And um, let me find it here. There we go. Hebrews chapter number 12. And I'm going to begin with verse 25 down through verse 29. Verses 25 through 29. Hebrews chapter 12. Are you there? You got it? Amen. Are you just waiting for them to pop it up there? (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12 verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. We've just had the Spirit of the Lord speak to us here tonight. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, notice that, a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably, with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. The removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. I talked to you last week, we talked about how that we are living in such an unstable world today. Nothing is steadfast. Nothing is secure. Everything is changing all the time. And there's a whole lot of of instability, shakiness. We're in uncertain times. But even in the midst of that, when our government is, is, is kind of shaky and our economy, we don't know what's going to happen in the uh, year to come uh, with the economy, those types of things. We're experiencing unrest, turmoil in the United States such as we have never experienced before. Wednesday, I believe it's Wednesday, isn't it, that there's to be an inauguration. And at first I heard or read 10,000 National Guard troops then someone said 20,000 National Guard troops will be there. Somebody else said 25. I don't know what the latest is. They're going up all the time because they're expecting unrest. They're expecting riots. They're expecting uh, something bad to happen, I guess. But uh, we're living in, in those times that are just unprecedented. And Paul predicted that in the, in the New Testament. I mentioned the verse a while ago in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He said that in the last days, perilous times, dangerous times. I said last week that word, it means insane. We're in some insane times today. And um, things are being shaken up. God said that he would shake all nations. And you know, if it takes a good shaking to bring people back to the Lord. 
If it takes a good shaking to wake people up and get them back in church and get them back in, in the house of God, then so be it. God, Listen, God knows what he's doing. Amen. And he has said that he would shake all nations. And we know that that's going to come in its, in its uh, full, fullness and be fulfilled during the coming tribulation period. And, um, but we're seeing some shaking of things right now. And there are some things, though, that uh, in the midst of all the shaking that are unmoved and things that are going to remain firm and things that are going to continue to stand and things that are not going to fall apart like a cheap watch, amen, <laughs> things that are going to remain, things that are not going to, to, to falter or fail in the midst of all the shaking. And so I want to know what the things are. I want to know, I want to get a hold tonight of some unshakable things in my life. I want to be, and I want you as, as believers tonight, as part of this church, I want you to be Christians. I want you to be men and women of God that are not going to be shaken by the times and by what transpires and by what we see. And God said there are some things that in the midst of all the shaking, there are some things that will stand firm and some things that will not fall apart. They're eternal things and the eternal things come from the Lord and are of God. The Bible says that, that, that whosoever does the will of God will abide forever. So as long as we know the Lord and we're planted firmly in Him and we're following His Word and obeying Him and doing His will, ladies and gentlemen, no matter how uh, shaky our, our nation may become, though the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, believers, are going to stand firm in the midst of that. We cannot be shaken. Our faith is not to be shaken. And if there ever was a time for us, for you and I, to be steadfast in the Word of God and really have a grip on God and really have a, have a hold on God, we need it today. Amen. We need it today because there's a shaking that's going to get worse and worse and we've got to get a hold of those eternal things and stand true to the Lord. And uh, so I mentioned, I think, three things last week. Sunday morning, we talked about, number one, that God's throne is not going to be shaken. Can I get an amen there? God's throne is not going to be shaken. John, in Revelation 4, saw the throne of God in heaven, and he said God's throne was set, which that means it has the implication of a permanence, that it's not going to be moved. It's eternal. The throne of God is eternal, and the throne of God is unmovable. And the throne of God symbolizes what? It symbolizes God's power. It symbolizes God's authority and it symbolizes God's rulership. So God's power and God's authority and rulership is not going to be shaken among, uh, you know, while everything else in the world is being shaken, God is still in charge and God is still in control. Amen. The things that are made by mankind in the earth are being shaken, but not the throne of God. Cities and governments and institutions and organizations may appear strong but time will prove that as I said nothing that's built by man will last forever but God's throne the 
Bible says in Psalm 45, 6, the psalmist said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Jeremiah said, Thou, O Lord, remains forever thy throne from generation to generation. Nothing is going to topple God from his throne. Nothing's going to shake God off of his throne. Satan tried to remove God from his throne, or Lucifer did, and he failed miserably. And can I tell you that in the midst of everything we've seen going on, God is still on his throne, and he will remain there, and he is in charge, and we need to get our eyes, like Isaiah did, off of the circumstances around us, turn off the news, and get a vision like Isaiah got when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, hallelujah, seated upon his throne. And when we know God's on his throne, we know that everything, I said everything's gonna be all right. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. So number one, God's throne will not be shaken. Number two, we said that God's word cannot be shaken. The Bible said in Psalm 119, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 40 in verse 8. He said, the grass withers, the flower fades, but, what? The word of our God shall stand. How long? Forever, hallelujah, forever. His word's not gonna be shaken. Jesus said this. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. God's word will not be shaken. Hallelujah. The skeptics and the critics and the liberal interpreters and the atheists have all come and gone and those that have hurled their attacks against this book have all come come and gone but I'm telling you this Bible tonight this book right here the word of God has not lost one iota of its power it is still the power of God to salvation to everyone who will believe this is still our rock this is still our firm foundation this book is going to get you through the word of God is where your faith is built faith comes by what by hearing the word of God and and when you plant your feet on the promises of God and stand on the word of God and hide the word of God in your heart, I'm telling you what, everything around you may be shaken, but you'll be as cool and calm as you can be because the word of God will not be shaken. Can I get an amen tonight? Hallelujah. Oh, that's why, hey, that's why you need to be in the house of God. That's why you need to come and listen to the preaching and the teaching and the word of God to hide that word in your heart, to get built up. Praise God. It doesn't matter all the enemies of this of, that have launched their attacks against the word of God are going to fade from this earth and will be no more, but this book will survive every attack. It cannot be shaken, praise God, hallelujah. Paul told Timothy that in those last days, when you see all of the, uh, the, the, the perilous times and those, uh, when people become, he said they would become covetous 
and boasters and blasphemers and false accusers and incontinent and fierce and despisers of good, those who are good. We see that today. They're, they've got a commercial on TV I seen the other night uh, that, is, that is railing against everyone that supported Donald Trump and railing against the conservatives and, and, and calling for our pretty much for our demise. But I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. That's haters. That's what Paul said. It would be despisers of those that are good. But you go ahead and let them despise. And you go ahead and let them fight against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you what Paul told Timothy when those days come. What did he tell him to do? He said, Timothy, you just preach the word. He gave him that mandate. Preach the word. Be ready. Be instant in season, out of season reprove, rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine hallelujah, he said the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and turn away their self their, their, their self from the truth and they'll be turned to fables but Timothy you just be faithful to keep preaching, you keep preaching you keep preaching, I'm going to tell you what folks, I'm just going to keep preaching I don't know what else to do I'm just going to keep preaching the word of God because the word will not be shaken it's going to stand praise God it's going to stand so God's throne is unshakable his word is unshakable and thirdly we said his church is unshakable amen the verse that I gave you a while ago Jesus said that upon this rock told Peter, Matthew 16 and 18, I believe it is, upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. He wasn't talking about building his church on Peter. He was talking about himself. Peter was a little pebble. He was a little petros was the, was the um, Greek word. He was just a little stone. But he said, you're Petros, you're little stone, you're a pebble. But he said upon this Petra, he used the Greek word Petra, which means a massive rock, a massive stone. And he said, upon this rock, speaking of himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is the one building the church today. And if we let Jesus build the church, he will build it and it will be an unmovable church, an unshakable church, and no one will be able to shake or destroy the church that's built by the Lord Jesus Christ. I told you last week, 10 Roman emperors launched severe persecution for three centuries, severe persecution against that early church. They did everything imaginable imaginable to them. There was many hundreds of thousands of them that were martyred of Christians that gave their life. They did everything to stop Christianity, to destroy the church, to stomp out the, the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here was the thing, the more they persecuted, Brother Dave, the more they persecuted the church, the more the church grew. Hallelujah. The more people got saved. Listen, if that's what it takes in 2021, 
is some persecution from the world to, to bring us to the place where we are stronger in the Lord than let it be. Amen? But the more they persecuted the church, the stronger they became. The more they grew, they could not shake it. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ will not be shaken. As I said a while ago, I believe God still has something great in store for his church in these last days. Everybody's not apostatized. Everybody's not backslid. Everybody's not quit. Praise God. There's still some folks that love Jesus Christ and that are full of the Holy Ghost and fire and God's going to use that church and it will not be shaken. It will not be shaken. Amen. Hallelujah. So his throne, his word, his church shall not be shaken. Number four, number four. Now I'm going to hit you with two and then we're going to go. All right? Number four, God's son, the Lord Jesus Christ, will never be shaken. Woo, hallelujah. I said God's son, Jesus Christ, the eternal, only begotten, virgin-born son of the only true and living God cannot and will not be shaken. Amen. There are people today that say, well, they don't believe in Jesus and uh, that they don't want anything to do with Jesus. And you know, there are those that oppose the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm telling you, Jesus cannot be shaken. Listen, his character. When you think about Jesus, when you think about the Lord Jesus, think about his character. His character, the character of our Savior is absolutely unshakable. John said in 1 John, John 3 and 5, that Jesus came, that he was manifested to take away our sins. And he said, and in him is no sin. The writer of Hebrews said that Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He was sinless, the sinless Son of God. And men have tried for the over 2,000 years now. They have tried, but they have never been able to find one single flaw in his character. When he stood before Pilate, when he stood before the judgment, the, the judgment seat, there was no one. They tried to bring those against him that would, that would find accusation against them, and they had to make up some lies. They couldn't find anything against the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no flaw at all in his character. If you will examine his life, if you will look carefully at everything that he ever did and everything that he ever said, you'll find that there is nothing, nothing, not one single thing that is wrong in his life whatsoever. He lived the perfect life. I think everybody will have to say as Pilate, after they've examined the Lord 
Lord Jesus, you must say, I find no fault in this just man. Jesus was the one spotless, stainless, sinless, perfect life. Can I get an amen tonight? No flaw in him whatsoever. He was the Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb of God that John said came to, 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 to redeem mankind and to take away the sin of the world. When you listen, when you go through the Bible and you see some of the things that people in the Bible said about Jesus, you know that his character is unshakable. Judas said of Jesus after he betrayed him, Judas said, I have betrayed the innocent blood. The centurion that was there at the cross and witnessed the crucifixion of the Lord. And he witnessed the darkness and the earthquake and everything that happened. And the centurion said, surely this man was the Son of God. When Jesus came in contact with demon, with those who were demon-possessed, the demon spirits would cry out of those individuals and say, we know who you are. You are the Son of the Most High God. You have come to tor don't torment us before the time. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which comes to take away the sin of the world. Peter said of him, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And when he appeared after his resurrection to Thomas and showed him the nail prints in his hand and the wound in his side, Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Paul said of him that God has highly exalted him and that God has given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And God Almighty himself spoke from heaven and said of him, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I'm here to tell you that his character is flawless and cannot be shaken. He's the spotless Lamb of Almighty God. Woo, hallelujah. His power cannot be shaken. I said his power, the power of the Son of God cannot be shaken. The Lord Jesus is the founder, the only founder of a world religion. And I don't really like to refer to Christianity as a religion, but that's what it's classed as, as a religion. But true Christianity, you know, is, is not a religion. It's not something we do, but true Christianity is a relationship with a real person, with the Lord Jesus Christ. But as Jesus being the founder of Christianity, he is the only founder of a world religion who died but, not, but didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. Amen? Paul, speaking of that, in Ephesians chapter 1, he said that, 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 that we should know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And here's where Jesus is tonight, folks. He said that Jesus was risen from the dead, raised from the dead, seated at God's right hand in the heavenly places far above 
all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And God has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Let me tell you something tonight, saints, that over the grave of Muhammad, you would have to put the word occupied because there's remains still in that grave. Over the grave of Buddha, you would have to write occupied because Buddha's remains are in that grave. But over the grave, over the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is written this, he is not here for he is risen. I'm here to tell you tonight, the tomb at Jerusalem is empty and our Lord is alive and everything's under his feet and he has all power in heaven and in earth and his power tonight cannot be shaken. Praise God, somebody ought to say amen here tonight. Woo, hallelujah. All powered in heaven and earth. Jesus has power over demons, over principalities. All the powers of darkness are subject to him because he defeated them. Those powers of darkness at the cross. He has power tonight. Listen to me, saints. We gotta get back to believing this, that the Lord has power tonight. Jesus Christ is the healer and he has power tonight over all sickness and over all disease. Jesus made the blind to see and the lame to walk and the leper to be cleansed. Hallelujah. Jesus had power over the sea, over the raging sea to speak to that sea and command the wind and the waves to be still and that sea obeyed him. I'm talking about his mighty omnipotent power tonight. Jesus had power over death when he stood at the tomb of Lazarus who had been dead for four days and Jesus said those words, Lazarus come forth and that man that had been in that tomb had already began to decompose, came back to life and came hopping out of there wrapped up in grave clothes. I'm talking about his power that cannot be shaken. He still heals the sick. He still can raise the dead. He still can set the captive free. He still got all power in heaven and in earth and he's got all power over all the power of the devil tonight. Hallelujah. His power cannot be shaken. Woo, hallelujah. You can't shake the son of almighty God. Hallelujah. I'm gonna make the devil real mad now. Not only can the character of Jesus not be shaken, the power of Jesus cannot be shaken. And I think we're gonna sing about it here in a little bit. The blood of Jesus. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Take that, devil. The blood of Jesus. The power of the blood of Jesus cannot be shaken. Amen? How many knows there's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb? Oh, don't you love that old song? Would you be free from your burden of sin? Listen, there's power in the blood 
I said there's power in the blood. Would you owe evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood of Jesus Christ tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God for the blood that he shed on the cross. Every day I thank him every morning when I go to my prayer room. I'm thanking him for the blood he shed at Calvary. I thank him for the blood that covers my life because it is by that blood, the Bible says, that his blood, through his blood, we are justified. Romans 5 and 9 says. Justified. What does that mean? It means that we are declared not guilty. It means, oh hallelujah, it means that we are declared innocent and blameless before God. It means that we have a standing now through the blood of Jesus. I'm about to shout, somebody help me. That we have a, a standing through the blood of Jesus before God just as if, just as, that's what justified means, just as if we had never sinned. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount. I know it's nothing but the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, his blood justifies me. His blood cleanses us from all sin. Amen? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. God cannot see my sin tonight because all the sin of the past has been washed away. I'm cleansed. I am washed. That song they say, I'm washed. I'm cleansed. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled and water baptized. Are you glad your sins are washed away? Hallelujah. Then nothing can take away. Nothing could, the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can cleanse the sinner and make that vilest sinner free. Amen. His blood redeems. His blood forgives. His blood brings peace. And here's the one that the devil doesn't like. His blood overcomes the devil. Amen. Where's your victory at tonight over Satan, over the powers of darkness? Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 said that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Those who Satan was attacking, it said, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. There's something about the blood tonight, hallelujah, that gives us victory over the devil and over all his works. So I'm glad tonight that the blood will never, that, praise God, the blood, what is it, Andre Crouch wrote that song, sang that song, the blood will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day today it will never 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 lose its power the blood's not going to be shaken church we need to plead his blood over our lives and plead his blood over our families and have our faith anchored in the cross of Christ and the shed blood of Jesus because when everything around about you is shaken the son of God will not be shaken his power will not be shaken his character will not be shaken and his almighty, precious, holy blood will not be shaken. 
Well, give him praise tonight. Amen. Man, it's time to quit. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? But I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to hit the highlights. His throne is not shaken. God's word is not shaken. God's church is not shaken. God's son is not shaken. And God's kingdom is not shaken. Notice what the writer there in Hebrews said in verse 28, that 12th chapter. He said, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, notice this, a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and with godly fear. The angel Gabriel, that appeared to Mary, said this in Luke chapter 1, verse 32, speaking of Jesus. And he said this, he said, He, Jesus, will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, notice, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now we know His literal kingdom is coming, right? We're to pray that. Jesus said that we're to pray, Thy kingdom come. I'm praying that every day. Lord, Your kingdom come. Come and set up Your kingdom on this earth. I'm ready for for Jesus to come back. How about you? And we know that all the nations, and I talked about this last Sunday, that all the nations... The kingdoms of this world are going to be shaken. They're going to fall. Jesus is going to come and set up His millennial, literal kingdom on this earth. I'm not a dominionist, and I'll be honest with you. I get tired of everybody, people sending me all of these videos of these of these. New Apostolic Reformation Dominionist Prophets. I've done lost half of you now. The Dominionists believe this. The kingdom now people believe this. They don't believe in a rapture. They believe. That's why it was, that's why it was imperative to them and to their theology that Donald Trump be reelected. And God help us, I wish that he would have been. But their dominion theology is that that the church is going to overtake seven mountains. There's a seven-mountain mandate. I don't remember every one of them, but seven mountains of influence in society. One of them is government. One of them is education. One of them is the family. And then there's, there's, there's... Uh, four more, and I don't remember what they are. But the bottom line is that they, the dominionists, um, are going to infiltrate all of these areas and overtake them and bring a kind of a utopia to the world, to America and to the world, through the church overtaking government 
And then when everything's just right, and there's peace and everything's good, then they will tell Jesus that he can come back and rule and reign on the earth. They've got it all ready for him, and he can come back. Now, that just sounds wonderful, doesn't it? The only problem is there isn't anything in the Bible about that. They deny the rapture of the church. They're not looking for the rapture. One guy was on there. They sent me a prophecy. He was prophesying and saying what the Lord was going to do in the church for the next four years. And I thought, where's the rapture in this? Are you trying to say that the imminent return of the Lord is not to be looked for? That we're not expecting the Lord to return again? Amen? I don't know why I got off on all that. Maybe some Somebody needed to hear it. I don't know. Amen. It wasn't in my notes. It wasn't a part of my message. But the fact is, Jesus is going to come back. And he is going to set up a kingdom. But we are not going to be the ones that get it ready for him. He's going to come back. And he's going to crush the Antichrist. And he's going to crush the armies at Armageddon, the armies of this world. And he will set up his kingdom and put Satan in the bottomless pit himself, hallelujah, for 1,000 years and rule and reign upon this earth. A kingdom that will never be shaken for 1,000 years. Well, the wolf will lie down with the lamb and the lion will eat straw like an ox. Hallelujah. And the little child will play will play with cobras and rattlesnakes and they won't harm them because in all his holy mountain there will be nothing that will hurt or will destroy. And the nations of this world will beat their swords and weapons into plowshares and they will learn war no more. And for 1,000 years there will be a rule and a reign of peace on this earth under the Lord Jesus Christ. Whew. No sickness. No dying. As long as they... As long as they line up and obey the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And his kingdom will not be shaken. But listen, let me close with this. That literal kingdom's coming. But do you know there's a kingdom of God in the earth today as well? Not the literal kingdom of God, but Jesus said, when they were, when they were asking Jesus, When's the kingdom coming? When's the kingdom of God going to come? And Jesus said that the kingdom of God comes without observation. And he said, the kingdom of God is in you. You have been brought into the kingdom of God. Do you know what the kingdom of God is? Today, right now, today... The kingdom of God, when you get born again, when you get saved, see, there's two kingdoms. There's two spiritual kingdoms. Satan has a kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, and Jesus has a kingdom. God has a kingdom, the kingdom of light. There's a kingdom of Satan, 
kingdom of darkness. Jesus said, Jesus himself said that a house divided against itself will not stand. A kingdom, a nation divided against itself, a kingdom against itself will not stand. And he said, so Satan, is, if his kingdom is divided, the, Satan's kingdom cannot stand. So Jesus out of his own mouth said that Satan had a kingdom. It's a kingdom of darkness. God has a kingdom that's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of righteousness. And the Bible says in Colossians 1 and 13, the apostle Paul said that, that the Lord, that when you get saved, that God delivers you from the authority and the power of darkness and he has conveyed you into what? Into the kingdom of the son of his love. That's where you as a believer are tonight. Everybody on this planet is in one of those two kingdoms. If they're unsaved, they're in the kingdom of darkness under the rule and the dominion of Satan. But if you are born again, thank God, God has taken you out, delivered you out of that kingdom of darkness and of that authority of Satan and has placed you in the kingdom of God and God's kingdom and his rule and his dominion is within you. He's ruling and reigning over you tonight. The kingdom of God is in you. And that kingdom shall not be shaken, cannot be shaken, will not be shaken. Amen? Thank God that we're in the kingdom of His Son. Not under the authority and the power of darkness anymore. Praise God. God's kingdom has supremacy and power over the kingdom of Satan and darkness. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 28, He said, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come to you. So the casting out of devils, destroying the works of darkness, is a manifest token of God's kingdom at work in the earth today. Not His literal kingdom, but the spiritual kingdom of God and when we pray today, your kingdom come, not all, your will be done, not only are we praying that God's literal kingdom come and rule in this earth, which it will, but we're praying every day that His spiritual kingdom will rule and reign in our hearts and in our lives and in our nation and in our homes and in our family, that His kingdom will come and He will rule and reign and His will be done. I don't know about you, but I want the will of God to be done in the church, in this community, in our nation, for God to rule and reign, for His kingdom to come. And when His power and kingdom and glory is manifested, praise God, there, the result is the powers of darkness are defeated. Hallelujah. When God's kingdom is manifested, praise God, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's people that are set free by the power of God. How many would agree? We need His kingdom to be manifest in this earth today. His kingdom cannot and will not and shall not be shaken. Worship team, come on back. I'm, I'm going to hush. Hallelujah. 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 Anchor yourself tonight.